Cover my ass where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library. And hey, Kay, do you notice the difference? What did you do? Last week, I asked you if there was something fun that I could do for the uh, for the Velibraptors yes. to reward them for saving me from uh, Mr. DNA, yes. the cartoon manifestation from Jurassic Park, the book of the movie of the of the of, of the book. I'm just catching all our readers up on the unnecessary lore, so they don't have to listen to the previous episodes to yes, understand what. Yes, um, and you suggested something that that I summarized in my notes as Velibraptor habit trail. That explains the little rope bridges running across from the top of one set of bookshelves yes. to the other. Yes. And yes. This is this a water slide. Oh, yeah. Okay, it has been just the greatest success. They love it so much. Turns out, all it really took was just a couple of ladders up there, so they could get there. Yeah, yeah and then they made use of the uh, the network of ladders that I established yes. up there, and the uh, the toll system as well. But, yeah, well, there's, I, I noticed these little chicken coop ladders. I suppose those work fine for our uh, boreal friends. They love it up there. Oh. They're they're so happy there. Actually, uh, can you can you duck and step aside? Oh, mm? uh, here, oh. Uh, uh, this pile of pillows. Yes, yes. move to the side, and okay, there we go. go. And three, two, one. And yes, excellent, excellent. You got six flaps in there go and try that again they are trying to fly oh. i think so now that they have the height uh, and i've put some pillows down here and there they can actually like see how many flaps they can get in and, and how is it how is it going for the bookworm hunting that's taken a bit of a back seat so oh. the bookworm population is on the rise hmm. now that all the velibraptors are, are are busy with their uh, uh, their flying evolution. Well, but I assume that's going to make them hungry, so they're going to have to eat more. And uh, we have been dipping into the supplies of the cafeteria. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought I'd whip them up some grub, you know, as part of the reward, as part of the mm-hmm. the, the party, and that was also a huge success. And they continue to expect more. I, I'll wean them off that. Apologies for the guano. I was going to say, there's yeah. like. The Libraraptor droppings on the bookshelves, not a really good look for a library. Not a really good smell for a library either. I'm sure it'll work itself out. We have the gnomes. I've made little ladders for them too. Uh, mm-hmm. Still haven't seen those little dudes. Don't think you will. Here's um, here's hoping they pick up their uh, their custodial duties. If they start putting in demands for more money or unionization, then I guess... Yes, I do hear the little protests going on sometimes. Oh, dear. Yeah, That's behind the behind the wainscoting of the wall. Uh, we'll just have to clamp down hard on that. Maybe get some uh, strike breakers. No, you what you want little like miniature Pinkertons? No, that's terrible. No, no, no. We have made a huge breakthrough in in at least or my relationship with the with the Libraptors. Like this is this is fantastic. I want to build on this on this on this trend of positivity. Okay, because well, I'm sure just, just just as long as it's, it becomes actual positivity and not yeah. just positive thinking. Exactly. The There's library no way that not... anything could disappoint at this point. Right? Well, the library especially should not suffer. I'm qu- sure it won't. I don't These have to remind- have a way of working I don't have to out. remind you of your junior librarian duties, do you? Yes. That's why I'm very proud that the uh, uh, that the library is now being uh, being guarded against yes. well be- against its very contents. I mean, you have the grimoire cage, yes. right? That that protects people, but there was no such protection around the uh, books based on films, based on based on books. I mean, we didn't know they were dangerous. I mean, as soon as type of book becomes dangerous, then we just like move them to the grimoire cage, and that's fine. Actually, this is maybe a, maybe something to to research. I'm not sure whether it was just that one. I mean, the ire of the Velibraptors was certainly uh, uh, very squarely directed at that, but also yeah. all the rest of the uh, the books based on film. So, what I'm saying is, hey, we may be the librarians. You obviously being the owner of the library. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm I'm a recent uh, convert. Uh, one yes. might say, ah. um, uh, I'm very very enthusiastic. 
Um, but the Velociraptors, these little, these little feathered, knee-high, squeaky dinosaurs, yes. like they're an intrinsic part of your uh, of your library, and it turns out they have provided services to the library that yes. they weren't considered capable of doing. Not, no, absolutely. That's uh, your point being uh, to involve them more. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine as long as the primary function of the library doesn't suffer. Is Which to keep books is safe to keep it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So no damage to books. And yes, yes. Yes. The library raptor poop definitely falls in the damage to books category. Understood. Understood. At least will on time. It's not good for archival purposes. It's also not great for probably the performance of a podcast if we just talk about dinosaur poop the whole yeah, time. So maybe, not. maybe, maybe it's time to move on to this week's book. Book. Yes. This week's book is by Travis S. Taylor. It's called The Quantum Connection. <gasps> and it is the sequel to Operation Damocles, which we reviewed in episode 15. Uh, and that yep. would have been, uh, four or five months ago. Who's, who's, who's 20 this? weeks? Who's we're, 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 in, we're running in the high 30s right now. Yeah, I think. 38 is this, uh, this yeah. episode, I do believe. Look at us, like knowing our own back catalog, well, which is a harder and harder job, by the way. Like in the past, you've praised me for, for remembering like mm-hmm. which episode was which, but that's when we had like 16 episodes and now we're into, into 38. So yes. let's see if I, uh, if I keep up with this. But yes, uh, that one was written by Oscar Fellows. Yes. Oh, my God. I think I just did that from memory. Oh, well, there you go. You're still going strong. This is clearly the sequel to to that book. Oh, yeah. Same characters, uh, definitely same backstory. Uh, so, yes. Uh, I think it's just like one of those things where it turned into a series and, like, different people start writing books in the same shared universe and different authors, and they keep continuing. It's it's not that unusual. It happens. Yeah, that's that's true. A lot of uh, uh, franchises, like the, the Star Trek and Star Wars novelizations, yes. and then sometimes Dragon you have, Lance like, a... was a good example of that. Unfortunately, we don't actually know what the larger universe of this series is is called, other than that it's very old-fashioned uh, high-tech spy stuff. Operation Damocles was very much a, um, uh, well, I think at the time I compared it to a Jason Bourne movie uh, book. Lots of black ops teams and yeah. three-letter agencies. And oh, there, there, there's been some technological progress since the last uh, book. Yeah, I like that there was a bit of a time gap where stuff could move on because the first book, uh, Operation Damocles, left us with the Earth changed after the uh, space station Icarus was... Deorbited. D- yes. <laughs> and its payload of a, a, a copulent bomb, also known as a, as a gay bomb... Yes, was uh, spread out all the way from Michigan down to the coast of Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, I'm going to be very impressed if that's in, in, indeed the case, resulting in uh, the gay belt, yes. uh, as it is known. This is, of course, this book series' fictional imagination of how the... Uh, the gay belt came to how came the Midwest to be, was transformed, uh, leading to the uh, uh, the utter uh, desolation of San Francisco, which is now a ghost city because it's everybody moved to Detroit, which from Motor City USA now became Motorboat City USA, I suppose. <laughs> 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 I was going to say biker daddy, but well. sure. <laughs> so yes, let's have a look at the, at the cover Speaking of the book. Speaking of biker daddy, yes. If you look, take a look at your podcasting device. You should oh God, should yeah. see the cover of this week's book. Wow, is that what I sound like? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you for reminding our readers. It's, it's, we see our. Um, uh, I think that's our titular hero. Well, not titular hero because it's not Mister Quantum. No, no, no. That's the point man of our heroic team, Thebes, Agent Patroclus B. Yes, that's was the one. I think this is one of the uh, one of the later scenes in the book, which is described here. Where you, where you can oh see yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fighting their way through the alien hordes, or maybe alongside with the alien hordes. I'll oh yeah. Speaking of, 
the synopsis of this book is, in this sequel to Operation Damocles, with a cordon sanitaire having been erected around the gay belt, our intrepid heroes must fight their way through an alien siege to liberate the only intergalactic communicator in the solar system. Yep. What's a cordon sanitaire? Something from politics, uh, as we learn in the first few chapters of the book, that um, and the cre- after the creation of the gay belt and everything, like you said, San Francisco, everybody moved out. There's some tech bros still left there, but everybody who's interesting has lo- long since moved down uh, Detroit oh, yeah. ways. Motor City, it's become Party City. It's like the, the Appalachian Treasure Trail, which <laughs> is going... <laughs> Which is running down. Yes. Yeah. The Appalachian Treasure Trail. <laughs> that runs down. It's like it's, it's a very popular uh, route. I mean, it's, you could call it a pilgrimage even. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of people like to the, yeah, yeah. get on their knees and, and, and worship there. <laughs> yes. That's a very popular t- uh, attraction, I might say. Yeah. It's something that uh, um, Agent Patroclus and uh, uh, Agent Iphis, the, uh, uh, the, the other agent on the... Uh, uh, on the cover, have in, have in common mm-hmm. uh, a love of dudes. They make a very good pair of uh, wingman and wingwoman. After a while, uh, the gay bell turns into a bit of a party zone. Uh, yes, because it, it, its population was doused with uh, with copulin, the, the once mythical and then real American superweapon that would turn enemy soldiers incredibly horny for each other. I, I never really understood that theory because, like, I mean, apparently it worked for the Spartans to have like strong personal bonding between. Uh, oh, and the the band of Thebes. I, uh, yes. and I believe that there were certain samurai traditions. But yes, oh, the okay. the warrior lovers. You fight harder for a lover than you fight for a rando, I suppose. Yeah. So yes, uh, turns out that the party. That the, the whole Midwest turns into is um, drawing some attraction from aliens from abroad. The space perverts. The space perverts. Yes, space perverts. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, no, Sorry, I, I cut I'm, you off. There. No, that's fine. That's absolutely good. Captain Zorflax comes in with his fleet. <laughs> yes, they uh, fly in through uh, Stargate Uranus. Uh, <laughs> of course, they do. Because yeah. <laughs> it turns out the Earth is the only planet in the known universe to have developed a club scene. Whoa! Yes, that's right. <laughs> it, it, it's not just that, like. Party city, it's party planet, and obviously some of these aliens have been in search of Earth for a well, while now, since we started yeah, broadcasting, broadcasting yes. disco. Yes, and of course, uh, Gay Divorce Court, which is also like yeah. a very popular... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a uh, popular real-life drama across the galaxy, but since the detonation of the, the, the copulin bomb, Earth has been shining like a pierced nipple uh, in the gloom oh, yeah. of space. Oh, I, I like that metaphor, very good. And so one day, the, the people of Earth looked up, and a grandfather and his, and his granddaughter, whom he'd finally gotten into interested in his telescope were looking through and said oh darling look up there that's uranus some people say uranus uh-huh. <laughs> it's uranus and then she looked up and she said granddad is it supposed to do that because she just witnessed essentially uranus prolapsing as the gravimetric wormhole opened yes. and the uh, uh, yeah captain uh, zorflax in, spa- in space no one can hear you captain zorflax and his and his fleet codenamed goatsy uh, <laughs> penetrated the solar system Yes, God, they God. they made their way down to Earth and decided to join the party. Yeah, rather rather rudely, I must say. Well, yes, there there is one thing to to sort of sidling up and 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 uh, uh, crashing somebody else's party and going unnoticed and 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 quite and the other something ones else. Like coming in there and bump grinding your way onto the dance floor. Yes, exactly. But, you know, they don't have a club culture, so they're, like, not a little bit shy on the exact etiquette that's involved with this sort of thing. And, like, they're, developed, they're, they're discovering it as it goes along. At the same time, these aliens are arriving 
in significant numbers oh, very, yes. very rapidly. They want to come down and party because it's like it's all the young and beautiful aliens. It takes a bit of getting used to, but it, it doesn't take that long for it to be quite common to see no, humans and aliens or aliens and aliens are walking hand in hand along the or shores of Lake Michigan. Or like yes. electronic manipulator and gas clown mm. or electric sparks. Like, it, kind of like oh, that. Oh, yes. I mean, celebrate diversity. The big party with all these awesome aliens and all of yes. their cool genitals. The gay pride. The floats actually float now, thanks to the anti-gas generator. Oh yes, generator. the hover floats. Yes. that was a very that was a very kind gift because that's that. When you think of futuristic technology like anti-gravity, yes, probably synthetic gravity would be more useful for well, for a spacefaring. You, you'd think that once you do anti-gravity, you can kind of like do artificial gravity as well. You, you'd think that it's the same thing, but that, to be honest, like we've been having float floats here for forever back here in Amsterdam. Uh, yes, absolutely, because we have canal pride. Yes where it's a bit of a sport uh, among the young people to cross out the sea on any poster where Canal well, Pride is yes. being promoted. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's Canal Street in Manchester, which is, yes, the popular gay hangout, and yes, the street sign suffers the same problem. Vandalism at yes. all times, but yeah, because it's on the canals, our floats are boats. The crowds stand along the edges of the canal and uh, wave and everything, everybody floats by. It's Excellent fun. It's always such good energy and lucky people who have their houses on the, on the, on the canal side. Hanging out the window and, and having a big old party where they time, can invite, yes. invite people in. This gets a certain amount of a protest, of course, as well, because there's lots of people who don't, who don't agree with the extravagant lifestyle at, in the first place. And then there's lots of people who don't agree yeah. with aliens and even more so with actual aliens. I love that, that expression. I just don't agree with. Yes. Whatever. Okay, but which part do you not agree with? With it, the existence? Do yeah. you dispute the existence of? I'd like to. Yes, that's that. That would be best. You know, yeah. it's like it <laughs> nice if everybody could would go back to the way it was, and I didn't have to think about these things. The whole gay belt area basically gets surrounded by this living cordon of protesters, and from, from very diverse perspectives. Like as you yes. say, some of them are just uh, uh, homophobes and queerphobes yeah, in, the, in the, general. The, the, the turf protesters. And, oh uh, yeah, uh, and. Of course, the Earth, Earth, the alien excluding radical feminist, feminist, and it's like you you can't be a, you oh. can't be a feminist if you're an alien because then you haven't gone through the struggles here. And I learned another word for for uh, these trans exclusionary radical feminists, these yes. the, uh, TERFs, which is, is, is some people call that a slur. Um, not, I learned no. a term where that actually sort of reverses it, calling them um, feminism appropriating radical transphobes or farts. Now that could be construed to be a slur, but a little bit. Yes. So um, yeah, this, they tried to form a chain of protests around the area, which doesn't really work very well against people with anti-gravity. Anti-gravity technology. No, exactly. And it's, and it's also not so much a, a cordon sanitaire as a cordon vulgaire. It turns out that, and which is the reason that our uh, agents uh, from uh, Team Thebes are being brought in, that the, yes. uh, the protesters have managed to appropriate uh, some of the technology the aliens have brought in and have been uh, setting up a few Kuiper Belt bombs. It, it's almost the same as we had in our... Uh, uh, yes. Alien, uh, the, uh, other alien book, space. Well, the, the, which one? <laughs> Sorry, we have space, the, we have a lot of the space. space balls. One. Uh, oh yes, that's right. As we saw in Pirates of the Asteroids, where there was a lot of <laughs> yes. uh, uh, space rocks being thrown about by hotshot rock knockers. That's the one. Yeah, but uh, like bombing the Kuiper Belt. And the Kuiper Belt is the it's it's the out. It's like it's it's round. The, it's a little bit for, uh, in from the Oort cloud. Uh, but that's still between some of our planets, isn't right. it? Which have been, of course, with uh, anti-graph manipulation, set on a course to uh, impact the Midwest and hopefully wipe out the gay belt. At yes. Least at, at least that is the devious plan of the protesters. So having read the, the synopsis, I was therefore 
I was very pleasantly surprised. I don't mind telling you, Kay, that mm-hmm. this is how it how it turned out. Then when it said alien siege, it was the aliens under siege. Oh yes, and I a very good <laughs> subversion of the uh, yeah. of the trope. Yes, yeah, because I, I was sort of expecting. I mean, maybe a maybe a human centric uh, uh, plot. Uh, which I thought would yeah. be disappointing for the for the inclusivity of the of the gay belt, but instead we have this this newfound community of these of these freshly arrived uh, uh, newcomers. Yes, I'd say metrosexuals, but they're more like galactosexuals. I wonder if they're all from the same spiral arm. Oh uh, well, I think it depends on. What then we could be helicosexuals. Oh, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Yeah, I like the sound of that. There's clearly faster than light travel because they're using the Stargate technology, which only seems to work around vaguely naughtily named planets. There's something, there's <laughs> yes. something in the technology that requires this. <laughs> yeah, it's established that their, 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 their main passage is through Uranus, but they do have a backup through Saturn's rings. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, as these... <laughs> As these aliens are under siege, yeah. um, uh, Team Thebes... Their defenses are being battered down. <laughs> Team Thebes is, is, is dispatched from their uh, secret location somewhere in the mysterious unknown city of Delaware, Delaware where yes. no one knows where it is. There's a million-dollar bounty awarded for the person who can prove that Delaware doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's one of Schrodinger's Nobel Prize uh, uh, yes, <laughs> awards. Yes. And they're dispatched on Operation Icarus because I think they've given up on naming things. I th- to be honest, I think it's some, someone who's like doing this in an Excel spreadsheet and they just don't know how that's it works. That's what I think. And they can that's all, what I think. And they have well, no idea what they're doing and they can just like, <laughs> oh, I can add a number to it. And it's like, oh, this is Operation Icarus 4 now. I, I can sort of understand that the uh, discretion would be served if they all have the same name and are indistinguishable from the outside. Because, yeah, then... You definitely don't know what they're talking about when you intercept their communications, but budgeting well, then also becomes quite, quite difficult. Yes, and you still have the numbers, which so like, I mean, we, we talked about this last time. It's like it becomes a bit moot if you have all the Operation Icarus. Yeah, Although yeah. I guess maybe Operation Icarus just means like that it's this particular division, but then you could just as well call it Team Thebes or Thebes 1, Thebes 2. But then it gets complicated if you get bring another team as well. Like then you then merge them. So oh, like no. Team Icarus? Yeah, yes. especially that would be confusing. Yes. Unfortunately, they still have... Vehicle Bellerophon, yes, uh, as appeared in the in the previous book, which is still unspecified whether it is. Although it is now equipped with anti gravity drive. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, because previously it wasn't clear whether it was an aircraft or a wheeled vehicle. And but it becomes even less of a point now because it can just land and drive and fly because they have to like make their way through the, uh, the cordon uh, vulgaire. Uh, yeah, through the cordon. Very good. The cordon vulgaire. They set out from Camp Sandy Balls again, which seems to yes. have been turned into their headquarters, which is conveniently located in the Appalachians. <laughs> yeah. It's not far from the treasure tr- pleasure no, trail. Gonna, oh, the pleasure trail now. Pleasure Whoa. Trail. Oh, treasure trail, pleasure trail. It's like. These things go by different names. But the protesters have seized quite a lot of the uh, the aliens' technology, and even uh, uh, vehicle Bellerophon is not immune to some of the uh, the funky rays. And uh, yes, they uh, get uh, they, they get they basically get taken down. Yeah. Uh, the the team Icarus, sorry, team thieves barely escape. Tempting, right? Yes, Icarus this, Icarus that, but no, no, team thieves flew too close to the sun. And mm. well, yes, the little Nova sun that came when one of the alien weapons detonated, fired off by a uh, pissed off uh, protester. They barely managed to escape with their lives, and uh, they found themselves deep in no man's land, really. 
trying to make yeah. their way to, to a safe area and, of course, get control of the intergalactic communicator so they can use it to uh, turn the uh, Kuiper Belt bombs away from their intended target. Quite a lot going on here for, for Team Thebes. Uh, I, was, I was kind of worried that they'd be able to, to be very effective in their mission mm-hmm. because when, when vehicle Bellerophon uh, uh, was, was knocked out of the sky, they found that most of their supply of chasteberry inoculations uh, uh, was destroyed. Now, the chasteberry is a, is, a, is a plant known as a, 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 an aphrodisiac. Yes. Uh, and for a, for a secret agent to function well in the in the still copulent contaminated wilds of uh, the gay belt. I kind of assumed that they'd like you know manage to fuck their way around the problem. And uh, but you know I, I guess it helps to have a little bit of antidote. Yeah, just to have with, a, a, yeah. a little clear a, a little clear headed. But yeah, they don't they don't have enough to go around. So they go like, are we going to split the doses? Are we going to try to make it last or are we going to like give up one uh, person at which point they get unexpected help from another familiar face martin jumbo hoover oh the granddad with the telescope whose whose granddaughter uh discovered uranus's prolapse has taken (laughs) (laughs) yes sorry there's gotta be there's gotta be a better word for it, but we'll figure that uh, out eventually. I'm sure. Ernest Rosebud, who has an airship of his own, he's not called Jumbo for nothing. Like, Rope ladders are thrown down. Come lovely on, boys. barns, and they, uh, you know, bar, the barn roof falls open, and yeah. the, the airship just like majestically lifts out and starts floating off against the wind to help our agents to achieve their mission. Yep, he set out. A while back, dirigibles are not the fastest craft. He, he does explain the several different plans that he had after he set out and, and, and depending and on the weather patterns, there. yes. Depending on the weather pattern and then like paying attention to the news and then the protests were there and he thought, ha, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bomb the protesters with, uh, with Chasteberry antidote. And then they, uh, and then that became a, a kind of moot. But yes, he has enough of the inoculations for them to, uh, uh, return to functioning after the hijinks we had with the agents, uh, trying to, it was a bit of a gratuitous sex. Scene, really. Quite. Uh, oh, just the, yeah. Describing it as one sex scene is, I think, kind of generous to the pages and pages. I mean, I liked it. Well, as long as it's well written, it's a good thing that they that they had their inoculations when they uh, when they arrived in the outskirts of uh, of Detroit, rapidly being converted into a into a gigantic space disco where the aliens are enthusiastically. Hey, did you get sort of vibes of like Burning Man? A little bit. It and was- aliens contributing their own technology to make yes, this party last and building bigger. this whole thing. Like, yeah. Basically, right? one of the old derelict neighborhoods of Detroit basically got raised down to a uh, empty flat space, and now yeah. there's a few land a few spaceships there. It turns, it turns into a bit of a cross between the Strip and uh, Burning Man. One big the- gay party going on there. As you can see on the uh, on the on the cover as well, I'm pretty sure that this is in one of the uh, the towering nightclubs where you have well, all the, uh, the fun tentacles. There's, there's the shooting scene where, of course, the aliens uh, yeah, tentacles. Uh, tentacles. Oh, that's, tentacles. Sorry. Why would it be tentacles? Well, we're doing Irish oh, yeah, names. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and you call that, but yeah, all the uh, all the all the all the fun recreational uh, metal tentacles. Yeah, alien age, alien agent tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ah, this is where, in fact, they do meet a, a, a familiar face whom we recognize as well. Uh, the second in command of uh, Captain Zorflax, namely Zorglab, ah. whom we remember from back our very first episode, Aliens from Space. Hey, yes. He was the he was the primordial space pervert, as we recall, and he is somehow shown up in this book as well. Well, yeah, I like that. There's a bit of cultural remixing, which uh, as a as a uh, I'm I'm recently be, been exposed to uh, cyberpunk for the for the first time, mm-hmm. as in uh, literary cyberpunk, and yeah, that kind of cultural remixing is 
is kind of cool, borrowing other people's characters with love and respect, uh, uh, as is the norm down in the down in the gay belt. So they have another ally on their side. They spend some time in the uh, in the gay belt, getting their shit together and uh, regrouping after the uh, fight and getting rescued. And then they have to move in to uh, basically counterattack the uh, the protesters outside and uh, ret- retrieve the intergalactic communicator. Uh, yeah, specifically the most important part, the vibrorb, uh, which we can see Agent Patroclus B holding here on the, yes. uh, on the on the on the on the cover which, which provides the titular quantum connection between the uh yes uh, the, the the communicator and the quantum companion of it on yeah the, through uh, quantum entanglement because uh, yeah so it's it's kind of fortunate that it's that it's this this cool weird like you can see that it's floating above his hand because obviously it's it, it has anti-gravity technology built in it's actually mm. really hard to touch it so it becomes more of a, a, a shuffleboard kind of a, a yes. game in 3D. Oh, I was, I, I was going to say more like a game of racquetball, more uh, squash as we call it over here in Europe. It became a little bit confusing when it was dropped in the uh, basket full of anal beads. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, some, some uncomfortable rooting around. Well, uncomfortable. That's what the, <laughs> that's what the long rubber gloves are for. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that uncomfortable. That's kind of the whole thing. <laughs> well, there's that. There is that. And turns out it was a very good way to smuggle it out, uh, out right from under the noses of the protesters, so to speak. Retrieving it again, long, lengthy sex scene with <laughs> yeah. involved maybe a little bit more describing. Also, Anna, and Zorg Lab and all of his cool genitals. Yes, and also more uh, references to Uranus and the, uh, the Stargate that was going on there. <laughs> so all in all, a bit of a mess, but gosh, I sure did love yes. it. I think it was a bit gratuitous in certain places, the book, but very much fun. It, like towards the end, it kind of went uh, Neil Stevenson-esque where, you know, you're starting to wonder oh. where the, whether what happened to the ending of the book. It's like you get these all these really cool concepts set up at the beginning. Yeah. And then towards the end, it kind of just like goes off in a completely different direction and it, then suddenly the book is over and breathless exposition uh, well a lot of breathless that is like, <laughs> yeah. like just relax there's well, always I time for loop <laughs> yeah. as, as we learned in uh which movie was that again that's actually my there's comic always, there's always time for loop no yeah. it's from that movie with the three-eyed smiley oh shit evolution is that evolution that's from? the one yes fuck it's where the guy gets the alien the, the alien thing in there and you go like there's no time for loop and then there, there's Oh my god! Yes. I, I honestly, I, it was a delightful mess. Oh, absolutely. As as most of our, it was, it was exciting. It was, it was it was exciting. It was thrilling. It was uh, it was unclear titulating. where it was going or how it got there. But gosh, everyone was having a good time on the way. Uh, there. Yeah, that was like unmistakable. And it was uh, it was very, like I I particularly loved that it subverted the expectation of the of the alien siege. Uh, yes, like, that yes. was very, that was amazing. It's like okay, the alien siege. Oh no, it's the aliens under siege, and we need to protect them. Because- and it's like uh, it really, like, to be honest, it was just people with protest signs. It was not like okay, and space guns, but yeah, and and some anti personnel weapons. Well, I mean, it there did was get, that. Get yes, pretty fierce. It did was a bit. It did get a bit dodgy when the Roomba with the claymore showed up, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So how are we going to rate this book? Well, we've done Quantum before, so we can't use that again. Um, yeah. That would be the obvious one. Wait, we, planets. Planets. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, then we have to say, if there is there eight or nine first? Do we There's count eight. Pluto? No, okay. we don't. We don't count Pluto we don't anymore, count unfortunately. Pluto. I mean, if we counted Pluto, then we'd also have to count the the other three. Yeah, that Ceres or the, whatever. No, no, Ceres. Actually, one of them was called Xena as a temporary yes. name. Until they went like, no, we're not going to do that. I would, but then we could have had 12 planets and one of them could have been called Xena. That True. would be so cool. So, well, if we're going to go up to Uranus. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess we're going to have it graded on the scale of Mercury to Uranus. Yeah. Oh, um, that's a good one. I'll put a ring around it and give it a Saturn. <laughs> Okay. I liked it. I'll put a ring around it. <laughs> yeah, so you put a ring around it. Okay, so so Saturn out of out of Uranus. Saturn's ring out of Uranus. What a good podcast. And what do we what do we have in store for our readers next well, week? Well we're gonna have next week book by Mortimer Aller and Charles von Doren. And it's very important. I think we should have re- reviewed this book a long time before. Oh what's it called? How to read a book. <laughs> something we clearly need to be able to learn <laughs> thank you for joining us once again at Cover My Ass where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly my name's Kaki okay let me remember we only, only judge a book by its cover good episode the battle that we described yeah. was between whom and when and yeah. where does it take place <laughs> whatever I don't think it's moving at all no that's not really important is it